0: Hey guys, this is Keir from rugbystrengthcoach.com, episode number two of the Rugby Strength Coach podcast. And today I'm joined by Graham Morris, who's head of strength and conditioning for Newtown Jets in the New South Wales Cup competition of uh, Australian Rugby League. So, Graham, thanks very much for taking part, mate. Do you want to um, kind of introduce yourself to the listeners and talk about how you came to be at the the Jets and the position you're in now?
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, Thanks, Keir. Um, Basically, I started at Newtown last year. Uh, originally, I started doing a sports science degree back in 2000. And then, yeah, yeah 2000, <laughs> yeah. So that was a three-year degree. And then in my fourth year, I did a uh, honours degree. Um, Is next, that
0: like a master's? I, we don't have that in...
1: Oh, so one year, so you, you do a thesis. And I looked into uh, uh, power training. And, yeah, uh, they don't do that in England. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's just three years. And yeah, three so years you have the option here. Doing oh, a fourth okay. year for an honours. And what did you investigate? So, to do a PhD, you generally have to do uh, either an honours or a, uh, a master's before you do a PhD. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so, I investigated the uh, optimum power, recovery, and repetitions of a squat jump. Yeah. What, what did you find? What I find, yeah. um, optimum, well, this is, problem is, this is just with uh, just regular weight trained guys, not really high end people, but. The optimum power was about 30% of one RM squat. Yeah. Recovery, obviously, longer the better, but you could probably get away with three minutes. Yeah. And then for reps, was about three reps.
0: It's funny you mentioned that. Like, if you read um, developing explosive power by Louis Simmons, he says 30 to 40% rest periods of three to four minutes and. you know, with like most repetitions, if you look at Prentice's chart, which is pretty much the table for yeah. developing power, yeah. optimum reps per set for most is three until you go above ninety percent, and then it's one to two.
1: Beautiful. That's, that's funny. That you know, that like, was bang on in that. It's <laughs> well, funny how like you know, yeah. good
0: research kind of validates what coaches have been doing in yeah. the field. one hundred percent. So you went from that. Did you go straight to Western Force from there?
1: So during no. So I then been. I decided to do my masters at uh, Edith Cowan University in strength and conditioning, and during that year, I was kind of like a did practical experience intern at yeah. the Western Force Academy, which was of developing players, yeah. 16, 17, 18 year olds, that was under a guy called uh, Warren Andrews, um, and so a few of the players there, like one of them now is uh, Kieran Longbottom, who's with the Saracens, he was, at, oh yeah, he was at Western Force, so we had a few guys that come through through that, so I learned a lot in that time, so
0: how, how did that opportunity come about did you
1: have to put your hand up for it or was it just like oh it was through to... my one of my supervisors oh, okay. yeah so actually it was right my, my honors year so one of my supervisors was a Dr David Bishop who is uh, pretty famous out oh, there big name, yeah. with the uh, repeat speed so he was one of my supervisors in honors and the other one was uh, Dr Peter Hamer who i think is the head of physiotherapy at Notre Dame in Fremantle in Western Australia now so yeah, so basically through those contacts, as you know, contacts is everything. Um, network. Network. Yeah, and that is how I got my kind of internship, practical experience at the academy back then. Talk me through that,
0: like what kind of what kind of stuff did they have you doing? What kind of stuff did you learn? What did you, what did you get out of the experience?
1: Well, basically that I didn't know shit, and um, yeah. <laughs> a, common, yeah. a common theme. Yeah. So when I first come out of my degree, I thought everything. I thought I knew everything. I thought I was going to write a book. And uh, <laughs> and then when I got there, I, yeah, pretty much realised I didn't know much at all. So, I mean, it's good good uh, experience just seeing what you know more elite level guys do. The top in the actual Western Force that year, they had a lot of good players, and um, the strength coach was uh, Hayden Masters in the top grade. Who's
0: so, now at the, the Waratahs? Yeah, the Waratahs. Yeah. So I think
1: that year they had Matt Giddo, Nathan Sharp. Is that Drew Charlie Mitchell? Bill was no, Drew Mitchell. Um, oh no, sorry, he was at the Rebels. Nathan yeah. Sharp. Uh, yeah, uh, I had about five or six rugby players then. Yeah. So And John Mitchell was the coach. Oh,
0: okay, so you got a good insight into how they were training. At that yeah, thing. so all that
1: was passed down to the academy guys. So they were doing very similar uh, methodology. So So was it
0: were they training kind of out the box with the exact same program as the elite guys? Or was it more kind of to develop them and get them ready? Yeah, with
1: the, with the younger guys, the 15, 16-year-olds, obviously a lot more basic, yeah. um, a lot more higher rep stuff. But with the guys that are a bit more progressive. I used a lot of gym. I was using gym away back then in two thousand wow, and three, two thousand and four. Wow! And a lot of the clubs not even doing that now. So they yeah, made exactly, a yeah. lot of the power stuff back then. They had uh, our force, force platforms. They were doing, say, jump squats where you could jump with one hundred kilos or bench throws, and you, it was just coming down on the cable at twenty kilograms. Wow! So it had pretty good, nice height. I texted up there. Yeah.
0: And where, where, where do you think the money came from from that? Was it from the Aiu? was it? I have no idea. Yeah. I was,
1: I was just be grateful. <laughs> I was very young back then, um, you know, so I probably didn't take in as much as I, I should have, as I would now. Yeah. But um. Oh
0: mate, I think it's the same. You know, I always think if I had my time again at university, I would take so much more out of it than I did at the time. Hundred yeah, percent. You know, for a start, I'd probably actually work on my career whilst I was at uni yeah. rather than wait to
1: rather than chasing. into the real world and be like, <laughs>
0: fuck. What am I going to do now?
1: So. From yeah, from there I was playing Aussie rules actually. So um, I know a lot of people are like Aussie rules, but in, in WA, um, in the, the big game, right? That's, that's it. Like you only play rugby union essentially if you're at a uh, boys boys' school. I grew up private school. Private school, yeah. yeah and I grew up in the country. It's all Aussie rules. So I was playing Aussie rules footy just at a uh, A grade amateur level, and I ended up tearing, having ACL reconstruction, and then decided to go see the world and move to London, and. Um, from there, I thought oh, I'm going to get, try and get a job at EIS. And while I was kind of um, sending out CVs and that, I fell into a PDT job in South Kensington. The
0: dark side. And uh,
1: <laughs> the money was too good there, to be honest. and The money was fantastic. I think English Institute of Sport offering 25,000, 30,000 at a time. I'm not saying I could have got a job there, but I fell into a job where if you're running a decent business, you're probably earning 60,000, 70,000 quid. Dude, it's
0: totally agree. It's one of the ironies, I think, is that there's all this competition for, for elite s roles which mm. probably pushes the, the, the price down Yeah, you've got a, such a high standard to yeah. get shit money and I'm not speaking ill of EIS but yeah. they actually pay relatively low compared to say certain professional sports and yet within the personal training world you can rock up and get that qualification within well, 6 weeks and as so long as you've got the gift of the gap, like 100%. you said you're making 2-3 times that in a year
1: we had a Romanian guy there very one of the most ripped up guys I've ever seen Yeah, and this guy could talk Talk so much bullshit, and everyone—he was a wonderful guy. Yeah. But one day he just rocked up in a uh, oh, Aston Martin. Yeah. That's how much money he was earning. PT.
0: Yeah.
1: So it was—I was it was 3 years old. It was DB9 Aston Martin. and He just rocked up in this thing to the gym. and I was like, "You kidding me?" Well, I think you know. <laughs> in a way, that's a good
0: thing because you know I've, I tell people if you're in elite S and C for the money, you're in it for the wrong reasons, and it's the wrong place to be looking for if you want money. So yeah, it almost kind of separates people in the industry who really want to be there from people who think they're just going to make a quick buck because yeah. it's not going to happen I like, tell people either you're so unimportant that you're not going to make any money or you're so important that you can get fired at the drop of a hat so you're probably not going to make any money regardless Yeah, 100%. so where did you how did you end up so, coming back to Australia so I was
1: there for three years uh, I had met a girl over there a South American girl who's now my wife yeah. um, basically a visa ran out so I shot off to Bolivia with her for a little bit for a bit of travel and then relocated to Sydney as it was I thought it was a good medium between uh, uh, London, and then I didn't really want to go back to Perth because I thought it'd be a little bit too quiet. Yeah, but, uh, I've
0: not been there, but I've heard it's a little bit, a bit, bit more quiet.
1: Yeah, it was a lo- lovely place, fantastic place. But coming from London, I wanted something a bit yeah, a little bit more vibrant, vibrant. <laughs> yeah, before I, you know, we all dream of going back home, but we'll see where the, where the work is. Yeah, but um, after about a, a year, back to professional training, fitness first, commercial gym, bringing the money in. Um, I started at Newtown.
0: And so how did that come about?
1: My second season.
0: How uh, did it come around there, like you getting the job with Newtown? Is it just knocking on doors or somebody asking uh, you? End up
1: emailing Keegan Smith, yeah. who was at the Roosters, and then he put me in contact with the coach there. So I had a trial run there, and uh, probably basically I thought this is as good as we're going to get. And uh, <laughs> I got the job there um, at Newtown. So I came in a little bit, probably three weeks too late in my first season. There's a lot of things I I've Changed this season in particular just
0: because you're um, not playing catch up, is that right? Exactly right. It was, yeah.
1: uh, it was playing catch up, trying to get to know everyone to start with, um, enforcing a lot of the rules and what should be happening in yeah. the gym it was a little bit more difficult in the first season. And, um, yeah, I learned a lot of things in that, in that first season that I've put into this year, which I think to been, me,
0: though, I think that's that's the right way to do it, like you said, because I think if you more than anything, culture dictates how successful the team's going to be and it, you can't come in there and start saying oh we're going to do x, y and z in the program unless you build the culture first and like you said kind of build the relationships between yourself and the players and other members of staff and yeah. kind of make sure that everyone's on the same same hymn sheet before then yeah. you start worrying about the details of the program and that was exactly what happened to me um, the first thing that I did with Argentina so I arrived there one uh, one week before the first trial game against the New South Wales Barbarians and it was, I was there three and a bit months the first time. I didn't criticize anyone for the first two months yeah. because it was just like, you know, you need to build those relationships. Yeah. Probably a bit different in that situation because the, the very guys that you're criticizing or telling you, know, you need to raise your game, they're the ones translating for you as well. So yeah. <laughs> it comes yeah. back to bite you even more.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, in the first season, um, coach wanted to do a lot of conditioning his way. And then obviously, um, this year, I'm doing everything yeah. my way. And it's. um been really good. Well, I
0: suppose, in a way, you have to earn that trust and that yeah, respect 100%. for him to do that. And yeah. it's, it's a two-way I mean,
1: street, right? At the end of the day, you know, this reserve grade, and uh, I'm sure it happens across all the board, you got to try and make it as professional as possible. And, uh, yeah, that's what i really try to do this year. I've tried to make it as close to first grade. Even though I haven't got a first grade job, that's what I'm trying to get. But act, to get that you know, job... act as if. You, you've, got to, you've got to put these things in place.
0: Yeah, in a way, I think you, you, have, to, uh, you have to set the standard... The job that you want, yeah, rather than the job that you have, you have to you have to aspire to a higher standard. And, and, that's these, what... and
1: all your players, like they're doing this because they want to play first grade.
0: Yeah, nobody nobody wants to be a reserve grade yeah. player. So
1: you know who doesn't want to be professional? Absolutely. So, so
0: let's do, let's talk a little bit about Newtown Jets.
1: Yeah, is um,
0: so. that is that a, a full time or a part time?
1: It's a part time gig. Um, Newtown Jets is one of the oldest rugby league clubs in in Australia. I think they were founded uh, 1908 Yeah, uh, and they they were first first grade in the New South Wales Comp until 1983, where they've gone down to New South Wales Cup. Um, I think last seven years, we were feeder club for Sydney Roosters, and this year, we have now Switched over. We're with Canola Sharks.
0: Yeah. How's Which that change been?
1: It's been really good. Um, it's a pretty good fit with us. Uh, all the guys from Canola are excellent. Um, I really enjoy, I go down to Canola every month, or as much as I can yeah. just to, to learn as much as possible from the head of performance and strength conditioning coaches so there. Andrew Gray. Andrew Gray's yeah. head of performance, really smart guy. And then I try and implement some of the things they're doing back on the uh, side. Do
0: you think it's quite important for the consistency so that whether guys are moving up or moving down between the grades?
1: 100%. Even like things like warm-ups, you want to try to get as similar as possible because on game day we've actually got, last week we had what, 17 players? 12 of those guys were actually first graders coming down from Canola yeah. so they come down to training on a Thursday night we train together yeah. and then, then we play on a Saturday and uh, obviously start of the year it's very hard to get that you've got to try and gel as quickly as possible
0: so you know whichever team they're slotting into same deal same same routine Yeah, it's exactly the same for us in Argentina it's obviously not as big as Australia but we this is one of the main things that I've taken away from, from learning from working for Exos is the system so any player within the Argentinian system whether you're male, female 7s, 15s youngest all the way up to oldest you know wherever you go in one of those performance centres throughout the country same deal my so if, yeah if, if players move around you, yeah. you're not spending time trying to
1: yeah, teach them your way yeah you know I mean? and I mean that's what I'll try to do this year is create my own system yeah um, I think every coach kind of has got to do that I still try to steal elements from other people I steal things from you and I'll try and put it together in my own system I think you have to yeah um, and yeah That's what I tried to do this year anyway. And
0: what kind of difficulties Do you face With the Jets With it being a part time sub I'd Yeah I imagine time's one of them Do any other difficulties Well you face?
1: The difference is It's like these guys Have to have to work to make a living Yeah So I've got guys That are plumbers School teachers um, all, all different You know Carpenters And they're sometimes They come into the gym And they're already tired Yeah They're shattered You know So you got to get them up Motivated um, They're still sore from games so, our setup up at the moment is that we have a gym session on a Monday. Uh, the, this is, yeah, in, in you're in-season se- in in now, In-season yeah. now, yes. Yeah, so we're third game in this week. Tuesday will be uh, conditioning and skills. Thursday's gym and skills. And then Saturday is usually game.
0: Okay. Yeah. So, with, with all those different occupations, different ages, different injury histories, no. it, I'm guessing there's a lot of... Variety and how ready guys are to train, or what they can tolerate for a given day. Yeah. Do you do you build in some flexibility into your program?
1: I do. What I, I tend to do is I don't have things like, uh, I mean, HIV, or, or I just talk to my senior players, yeah. guys that I trust. You, t- you tend to know who who's um, being a pussy. Now,
0: like your barometer, yeah,
1: you know, the guys it, you can, yeah, you, you go to your trusted guys, the guys that've been in the system for a while, talk to them, um, see how they feel, you know, and then I kind of if someone's banged up and I know they're banged up, I'm flexible, I'm not going to force someone to do something, Yeah, but I'm also, if I think they're being lazy, I'm going to the hammer down. So
0: it's like a player-on-player basis. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: I think, I think <clears throat> that happens, that should probably happen at all levels, I guess.
0: Oh, mate, it does. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's, I spoke to uh, a guy who worked for Germany soccer when I was at Exos, Darcy Norman, and he said, you can have all of these different yeah. monitoring things like GPS and HRV and reactive strength index. And he said, unless they prompt a conversation between coaches to make changes to the program. It's useless. They said you have to make your monitoring a verb rather than a noun. And it's exactly the same thing. You
1: could have a thousand numbers, but if you're not doing anything with it, what's the point?
0: I think Craig Duncan put something up similar on Twitter the other day. And he said it's not about who's got the prettiest information dashboard. It's about whose athletes perform the best.
1: Yeah, and I think that's one of the easiest ways to to work out what's going on is just to actually talk to your players.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So... um, how would you say your approach with the Jets in season differs from what you're doing in pre-season give me a, give me a breakdown of what would happen in
1: pre-season Pre- uh, pre-season I do more block periodization. Cool. so uh, before Christmas in terms of strength where obviously the reps are higher yeah. I only have two days of weights with them I'll ride oh, really f-
0: even in pre-season
1: even in pre-season so I give them a third day
0: to, to, to uh, do by themselves to do by themselves
1: okay. and that tends to be probably a, a few of the nice things that I know they're going to do yeah um, and then I put in place the essential things that I want them to do with so when me.
0: you're looking at them you, when you're giving them the, the important stuff that's under your watchful eye yeah 100% you give them the, the fluffer stuff yeah
1: I mean the, the more the, the, the pump stuff or
0: yeah.
1: put a bit of size on I do more of the upper body stuff I do by themselves yeah. but with me I'm, they're getting all their squats in I only really do deadlifts probably the first four weeks I and mean, then after that i change to an RDL because I don't really like Heavy deadlifts in season anyway, um, just because
0: of that soreness that maybe they're getting through the their yeah backs CNS
1: anyway. fatigue. I think I think I read that the Bulgarians are only hardly rarely maxed out on yeah. deadlifts, but they max out squat every day just because of the CNS fatigue. Yeah, so I don't yeah, so I tend to, to stick to variations that are not going to fatigue them. But um yeah, first the first block on generally just a bit of hypertrophy, strength, um, a lot of prehab stuff. Yeah, um, fitness. I do a lot of mass. To probably to your disgust, but um, no, we, I mean, we've, had yeah, this conversation we've had this conversation way, for me. Yeah. For me, like, I've only got limited time with these guys, yeah. so it, I think I can get, get them really fit, I can prove their numbers very, very quickly with mass principles. And I stole a lot of the um, the mass, I guess, um, procedures oh. from Dan Baker, yeah.
0: And you've been speaking to him a lot
1: lately, right? I just, I just email, Facebook him. Yeah, and uh, he's he's really good like that. But if you're interested in those things, he just released a uh, an article on Free Lap USA and Elite FTS.
0: There's, uh, yeah, I think he published a guide in Elite FTS. I
1: think it's the same thing. Yeah, maybe. Yeah,
0: he's doing the rounds.
1: <laughs> yeah, so um, so that first block, I'm looking at more aerobic capacity stuff. So
0: laying the foundation, right?
1: Yeah. So like, I don't test him for the first couple of weeks. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Because what's the point? They're going to improve out of sight. And then, yeah. <laughs> so I normally, Pat yourself on the back. <laughs> yeah, in terms of the mass, the best for probably my uh, rugby guys is a 1.4-kilometre run, continuous run. From that, I'm, uh, I'm calculating mass.
0: You just take the, the mean velocity from
1: that as, as mass? Yeah, I just divide the, uh, the, the distance by the time. Yep, yeah, just by the time, work out mass. I create four running groups, and then they're doing 100% mass by 70%. Yep. for the first three weeks. Yeah, then. So effectively, it's kind backless, of like tempo work, which we. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, So mainly, I'm doing fifteen seconds, fifteen seconds. So it's just a grid. Okay. And I'm doing that probably once a week. I do some extensive tempo. Yeah. Hundred meters. Yep. Um, Twenty-second runs. So Forty really, seconds really recovery.
0: Quite light stuff. You know, you're not you're not going with the. Uh, I call it the traditional rugby approach of run to you pick. You're actually quite against that, no, especially I'm, in the I'm against
1: it because guys just break down. I've got guys that are. 110, to 130 kilograms, and if I do that, they're not getting. They're not. I don't really care. I don't want to run him to the ground. I want him to adapt. You want him
0: to get better,
1: rather than making yeah. tired. I want to get the adaptations that I'm chasing. So, what's the point of if I injure someone, then they're going to be set back two, three weeks, yeah. and then they're not getting not getting what I want. So, um, that's for the, that's up until Christmas. Question. So. Yeah. Obviously, you
0: have to give the guys two weeks off over Christmas. Yep. I've, I've spoken to a couple of other guys within Rugby League or within the NRL about what approach do you take leading up to that two-week holiday to make sure that the guys aren't regressing? Because yep. obviously, Christmas is a time where the guys aren't going to train a lot.
1: Yep.
0: I, In my mind, the, the kind of strategy which I would prefer would be to you know, really try and push them up to yep. that point of 100%. overreaching and hope that over those two weeks they continue to re- recuperate yep. and improve. Is that the approach yeah,
1: you take? Them? Yeah, I push them really, really hard, especially the last couple of weeks leading up to Christmas. Um, I don't break them, but I push them hard. And then from there I give them like a a base base program to try and do Yeah, over, over but, the Christmas break. you know, it's break. not a disaster if oh, they I'm, don't do it. Kind yeah. We'll, You're yeah. probably thinking a third of them do it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know who does it. And you, oh, know you can tell. And you know who doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Because the first... Week back, I'm retesting mass again. Yeah, from to Christmas. See what you've lost. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Ah, uh, yeah. I'm testing that straight away, and then from there, I'm doing more aerobic power stuff after so Christmas. You,
0: kind of intensity up, straight up. And
1: down. Yeah, 120% mass.
0: Same, same thing in the gym. Intensity up and volume down. Yeah, I, I run
1: it. So after Christmas, I actually ran a triphasic Carl Dietz yeah. um, six-week block. Go had really good results. Yeah. So I did two weeks eccentric phase, two weeks uh, isometric, two weeks concentric. And um, I think on one of my guys, bench press, he went from 110 to 138. Wow. In six weeks. A winger. Oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Mate, in six awesome. weeks. Yeah. And everyone's squat went up. Had some really good results in that. But the, one of the best things, that actually, I don't think they really talk about it, is that with the uh, controlled eccentric, the pauses, and that everyone's technique just improves
0: it's funny I up a post about this literally yesterday and it's I think it was when I went to Westside Louis Simmons is like you know if you do a pause or you you put a band on something you're going to find that technique very quickly because if you do it wrong it's going to fuck you up yeah (laughs) 100%. And and so, it feels so much more comfortable when you go through a block of those pauses and slow reps yeah. to,
1: to get in good position. And not only that, what I found was like all my senior players had n- never done any of this kind of stuff before. Yeah. So that was great because they got strength increases straight away. New stimulus. It's a new stimulus. And then all my new guys, um, their technique got really, really good really quickly. Yeah. So, That's awesome. so that worked fantastic. So uh, I recommend that ebook to anyone.
0: So with uh, with your power work, obviously we had a little conversation before yeah. at lunch. <laughs> Uh, talking about the implementation of Olympic lifts do you want to talk a little bit about that because I
1: think you've been on both sides of the fence as a lifter you love it but then as a coach you're not actually using them right now is that right? yeah so when I was in uh, London I I trained with Olympic lifting coach uh, Mike Corsa I think he runs the London Olympic weightlifting gym in in, in London obviously and I was training with him twice a week an hour a time loved it actually blew out a disc eventually (laughs) trying uh, 130 140 full clean um we won't go there, but basically, my I've got a damaged nerd now. But are you fucked? Yeah, yeah. Had a few issues there, but um, I tried it my first season. I tried implementing some some Olympic lifting at Newtown. At Newtown, and you which remember, is around
0: the time that we met and we started having yeah, these
1: conversations. Yeah, and I I got twenty five guys that come in, and they're not all coming in at the same time. So I've got guys finishing work at different time. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So. I, you know, you try and get everyone at the same time. guys are starting at different times, and I'm by, there by myself. I should probably put on an intern or something, but the Olympic lifting is just disastrous. And I mean, I consider myself a decent coach. Yeah. Um, and you remember, there's no
0: question that you're going to be a good lifter if you're clean in one forty. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm I'm okay. I'm not world class. It's, it's probably just a, as average, but in rugby circles, that's pretty decent. Mm. And um, well, good technique is. <laughs> yeah, with good technique. That's another. And, <laughs> I find that people really struggle with the catch, um, they haven't got the mobility to do it. And people can say, you can, you can teach them this, you can do the mobility, but as, as we talked about before, I think you can get, the main thing people talk about when at lifting, this is why, I think is they say, oh, okay, it's triple extension, well, there's plenty of exercises to give you triple extension. Absolutely, yeah. And they say it's because of the power output. I think that's the main thing people talk about, is the power output.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned a study by Garhammer.
1: Yeah, the Garhammer one years ago.
0: 1993,
1: was it? I think it's older than that. Oh, yes, yeah, it's, it's an old one. one. I think it's way older than that. But and he compared, what, max power in a max significant lift power clean or full clean to a max power lift. And, um, deadlift, right? right? Hey? Is it deadlift? Deadlift, yeah. yeah. So if you look at Swinton, I think Swinton did a study a few years ago and he actually compared uh, a 30% deadlift... Yeah, 30% of one RM deadlift um, moving as, as quick as possible and the power outputs very very close yeah. to um, what the guys are doing in their power clean just in
0: a regular deadlift just without a, any
1: regular kind of deadlift ballistic. Yeah. and then if you did a trap bar deadlift at 40% it was actually higher yeah. than the clean now that's not including that's not including if we do a jump yeah um, that's not including if we put a band to it yeah yeah
0: yeah and
1: uh, I can teach someone that in 3 seconds
0: yeah, as opposed to yeah. six weeks with a
1: broomstick. Yeah, and that's, okay, so say I'm teaching everyone these lifts, and when we're doing these lifts, we're normally doing them in a, in a power block. Yeah. Okay?
0: What's so, the point of the power block, to get powerful? Yeah, and,
1: and, and we're wasting, I only have two sessions, and I'm wasting, what, 20 20 or well, the whole block, teaching someone a lift when I can get a power out straight from the start.
0: Yeah.
1: And um, I think you better, if you want to teach someone teach someone. When people say they're doing lifting, you ask them why you're doing it. It's to, it's to improve your power, right? So, is it, to make, is
0: it to make you clean go up, or is it to be more yeah, powerful? Yeah. So, what's,
1: what are we trying to improve here? We're trying to improve um, the competition exercise yeah. in rugby, which is sprinting, wrestling, and wrestling, and jumping, and jumping. <laughs> so, how about instead of wasting my time on technique, I can we can do sprint mechanics. Yeah. We can do wrestling. Yeah, yeah. And then we can get our power outputs by other means, Simple such as means. biometrics, um, jumps, um, submax Use exercises, med ball throws, hip well? throws. Heaps throws. Oh, I like to do plows, uh, med ball throws um, in the warm up, so okay. potentiate the rest of my session. Yeah, um, and then I'm using things like squats, bench presses at submax intensities yeah. as quickly as possible.
0: Yeah, so uh, compensatory acceleration technique. Cat. Yeah, yeah,
1: Fred Hatfield. Yeah, like yeah, Fred yeah. yeah. Mate, that's old awesome. school.
0: Awesome. But I think <laughs> another thing there as well that kind of blew my mind recently, I've been quoting it all over the shop, is the study by J.B. Marin in France, mm. which I sent you the link to.
1: Yeah, no, Brett Contreras' website. Yeah, great interview. The interview, yeah.
0: Yeah, and it's, you know, people say, well, if you do the Olympic lifts, you get more powerful, and you can say, well, that's great, and it does increase your vertical jump. Yeah. But his study shows that in his sample which was elite male rubber union players so pretty pertinent for you and me no relationship between vertical jump and sprint speed
1: yeah so uh, I think it was jumping power there's no correlation to sprint speed speed, yeah Yeah. and there's another study I actually read the other day and it said that after the of 70% max speed your vertical ground reaction forces doesn't increase anymore
0: yeah it tells off whereas horizontal propulsive force is linear
1: yeah so uh, therefore horizontal I mean Vertical ground reaction forces aren't the limiting factor. Yeah. So I've tried to put a lot more, I guess, horizontal power stuff into my into my sessions. Yeah. Um, so, say if we're doing heavy squats, we might do some like a triple broad jump.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, we might do a we might even do a 10, 15 meter sprint. Yeah. Inside the gym. So kind of like we're just complexing or yeah. contrasting.
0: Well, I saw a video you put up as well of you in uh, in the gym, you were doing banded step-ups but the band was like a horizontal resistance as well so yeah. even that might carry over as a strength exercise yeah I still that
1: see. somewhere online yeah, yeah
0: <laughs> everything's stolen yeah <laughs> so, so what was that yeah, yeah
1: do you want to go ahead yeah. yeah so I think in terms of uh, I've, I've really tried to put more horizontal power elements into our training and I just try and I just fit that in by either doing it at the beginning of a session or I uh, even complex with heavy squats or yeah. whatever yeah. so you're
0: just making sure you're getting as much time efficiency out of the session as possible
1: yeah Yeah. do
0: you want to talk a little bit about um, commercial personal training so obviously sure. you're you're, a, you're a, a PT by day yep. s and with Newtown by night do you want to talk about basically what you think because we've, we've talked about this before about does being a commercial PT make you a better s coach my belief is yes and I think yeah. you've shown that to be the case as well
1: yeah well first of all being a personal trainer, there's a couple of things that will make you a good personal trainer. You run a good business, yeah. um, Better talk to people, communicate to people, and then, yeah, just be a good trainer. Yeah. Look at research. Well, a lot of trainers don't do that, but just look at good progressions, regressions of exercise. And what I find with a lot of my clients is basically, I work in a corporate gym, and uh, it's not as simple as just going, let's do squat, let's go bench press, let's go deadlift. Yeah. We're getting people in, man, and they can't, they can't squat body weight. Can't cross the road without putting no. something. <laughs> they, go, they go to squat and they're falling forward. The heels come off the ground. So I, I really think that you you learn how to uh, progress an exercise. Yeah. Um, progress an exercise. You see people that are very dysfunctional. They have zero movement sometimes. Mm. Not everyone's like this, but you know a, a large a large case from Mark. And you get to learn how to understand movement and how to how to quickly treat that and. I guess teach them how to move properly and I think that really helps with when you're training athletes Yeah, like you, you pick up some things really quick and um, I pride myself on everyone's technique and I think you know most of them are pretty good at that and I think that helps because Just I've been in the commercial gym
0: hours and hours and hours of correcting it yeah. most coaches don't get it's, yeah, it's we, maybe not as applicable as you'd like it to be but you're still coaching and you're yeah. still getting that coach's eye
1: yeah, hundred percent.
0: Yeah, I had a, a conversation with uh, Fernando Levy. who was at the Waratahs last year, and he's obviously done a lot of stuff with Sparta with their system. Did the internship with Sparta, and yep. he said a great phrase to me, which I've stolen. And that's you know every rep is a screen. Yep. It's not just that you screen and then you go off and lift weights. Every rep is a screen. You're always looking for what's the weak link or what. What needs correcting or tidying
1: up with your hundred percent and like just because someone can squat properly body weight, you put a bar in the back and they just break down. Yeah. So part of my screening process is just watching people have a, a squat, overhead press, kind of um, push up, yeah, lunge.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, I, do, I don't run an FMS or anything, but okay. I just I just do that.
0: Yeah.
1: And That's and I can I can quickly see what someone's lacking and I tweak it from there. Awesome.
0: So. Like you, like you mentioned uh, the ability to, to talk to people um, I, I think with personal training a major thing as well is that you have to, it doesn't matter how much knowledge you have it's about how you get it across to people exactly have right. you found that to be really important within SSE?
1: yeah well you go to, to university and you learn all these things but sometimes you sound like a douchebag if you're trying to explain that to people you've got to really break it down and put in layman's terms and make it very simple for them to understand yeah. I think that makes you a better coach as well yeah. being able to um, break something that's complex down and making it sound simple so that they understand and, I, and I, when, you're, when you're training someone you, want, you don't just want to train them you want well this is way, my philosophy is that you want them to go away and have an understanding of the session and be learning the actual whole process of training yeah. I think if, if your client's leaving you coming out of your session and they've got no idea and they can only train when they review, I think you don't bit of a service
0: yeah Well, there's a good analogy I heard. I think it was from uh, Nick Winkleman at Exos. Obviously, he has a great lecture. I think it's available on Movement Lectures about coaching science and coaching cues. And his whole thing is that uh, learning sticks and it stays with the athlete a lot more when they're engaged in the process. It's a more vivid process. And it's rather than, for example, like... It's not like you're leading an athlete by the hand to where you want to get them to. Yeah. It's like you're behind them just guiding them yeah, because I'm they sure. lead themselves towards it. Yeah, of course. And do you take anything from the kind of business approach of commercial PT and apply it to coaching? So for example, um, systems or anything like that?
1: Well I'd probably say that me running a personal training is not on my strength. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm more about just training people, but um,
0: just like M&M and 8 Mile you don't want to work in the car factory
1: <laughs> yeah I'm just still chasing the dream but um, <laughs> yeah definitely you, you just, you've got to just create I create systems in everything I do yeah. um, I've, got, I've got all my programs you know, I've got so many templates in my head yeah. and then you know, everyone's individualised but all those templates are kind of put in place you know, which is a
0: massive thing. thing if you don't have a lot of time you just need to be able to like, bang it out same thing with the mass you know, you spoke about mass mass is a system Yeah, you put numbers in one end you get training uh, intensities, and yeah,
1: variables and at the other end. Yeah, well, was, the thing with masters I love is that I know that everyone's working at the same intensity. Yeah. Now, if I to say everyone run run around laps, well, the halfback's flying, he's fine, and the big front row is struggling. Yes. Yeah, so that like, being said, that, be, <laughs> that being said, our front rows are a bit of in most of our other guys.
0: <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I
1: don't know how that works. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So anyway, um,
0: so let's talk a little bit about the the science and the, the knowledge kind of stuff we've, we've mentioned Brett Contreras is a great resource Yeah. would you say there's anything that you've picked up say in the last year that's, that's new or you're developing your understanding about that you're bringing into your coaching
1: well in terms of resources I, was, I can name a few that I, I regularly look at yeah I um, obviously like his page
0: yeah
1: uh, i like I'd love that free lap USA yeah Carl Val yeah mate I get excited every time I read one of those articles I read your website obviously
0: Cheers, mate. <laughs> you and my mom—two yeah. people.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I yeah. uh, like Joe DeFranco's stuff. Yeah. Um uh, James Smith stuff. You put me on him. Power Development Inc.
0: The Rain Man of SNC.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I am a member of Miladin Jovanovic's complimentary training. See,
0: I've not—I've not joined that yet. How yeah.
1: is it? Yeah, it's really good. Sometimes I feel really stupid reading it.
0: That guy—that guy—is a frigging genius, in yeah. my opinion.
1: Yeah. And um, yeah. So. I just steal a little bit I read Dan Baker stuff I steal I, st- I steal stuff from Sharks obviously
0: yeah
1: I've rarely talked to the head of performance there I just try and steal bits from everything
0: yeah
1: have been put into my, my if you own. like it keep it yep. if you
0: don't send it back
1: <laughs> yeah so as I said this this year I've, we focus I guess more on our the, probably power element more yeah. horizontal stuff um, I've, I really had trouble finding time to do speed sessions yeah so, on the Tuesday, after our warm-up, and in my warm-up, we do a lot of mobility, because yeah. guys aren't doing it. Yeah, yeah, So, yeah. like, even last night, one of the Sharks guys in the first-grade squad was like, man, your warm-up's too long. I get that all the time. And you're way too long, and I'm like, well, put up with it. So, it's, like, <laughs> um, it's, like,
0: it's like chopping up vegetables and put it in a kid's yeah. food, because that's the only way you're going to get it into them.
1: Well, I send all my players, like, I think it's Joe DeFranco's number 11.
0: Yeah.
1: Who's doing that? I have no idea. Yeah. But I know that my warm up's extensive. They're getting mobility in it. They're getting that all in. They're doing that in their weight session. They're doing that before the game. They're doing that before the training, and that's that's why I know they're getting mobility in. It. Yeah. Um. Then after that on the Tuesday, I try and do a bit of speed agility stuff, and I stole yeah. some from your your speed speed guy. There's a bit of a nice plug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I steal elements of that, and there's some other things I pick up from the shark snap. and And uh, I, I, that's kind of an extension of my warm up yeah and th- that's probably i mean i love to put a lot more speed um, stuff no, in same
0: as you we have to it train just... it indirectly when we're in camp we have to go so when obviously before the championship we'll do speed two three times a week and we'll really like hammer it in the the, the movement techniques aspect and also yep. the actual speed work once we get into the season it, from a risk perspective you can't really do it because yep. you can't have a guy pull a hammy week before new zealand but we're still trying to develop it indirectly. So like you said, yeah. we're, we're doing power stuff in the gym, yeah. horizontal emphasis. Yeah. And then from a technical perspective, we're doing tempo as like our kind of light energy system working on yeah. Monday and
1: just trying to... How, long, how long is tempo?
0: 15, 20 minutes. Like the session so or the, the, the distance? The distance varies by um, position. Yeah. So the way that we do it is I try and go everything in at once. So we'll go, we'll add a shuttle, a 10 to 20 meter shuttle in first so we're training acceleration mechanics yep. and change of direction mechanics yep. then they'll go on a big long uh, part of the the tempo during which they have to run a curve off the left and a curve off the right so we're getting crossover mechanics in there Cool. and then as they open up we start to get top end mechanics with that upright posture and then basically where you finish depends on what position you are yep. so if you're a donkey you finish on halfway if you're one of the giraffes in the second row, you finish on the 10. If you're a back row or center, you finish on the 22. And if you're anyone else, you finish on the try line And then once you finish, you walk to the try line you do your bodyweight drills, you turn around, for the clock, and go again. Yeah, So cool. it's like a... Like what do you mean by bodyweight drills? So we added calisthenics. Yeah. Um, at the end of each rep just to again try and preserve that, that work capacity so she
1: active, she active recovery
0: in a way yeah just blood flow and stuff like that because yeah. obviously we're playing games and we can't hammer them we're just trying to get keep that aerobic element in it yeah. and get them pr- pr- prepared for Tuesday which is our big thing. yeah
1: without my extensive tempo I was adding things like side planks front planks you can do a lot. yeah very very basic I saw that from the Management, I think it was a few years ago but yeah that's kind of the active recovery
0: yeah I think it's like you said it's, you're just trying to get it in where you can
1: yeah and it's
0: yeah. I think that's where a lot of coaches struggle because you have the the science and you have the ideal world program yeah and then you face it with reality like well, what am I going to do well,
1: I think I'm not sure like, when I've tried to run my speed sessions as you know that you need to get full uh, recovery
0: yeah
1: and when you get your coach sitting over you tapping his watch <laughs> watching you going what are these guys standing around for sometimes that makes it a bit difficult as well
0: You can feel the eyes just (laughs) drilling into
1: you. Yeah. So you've got to try and control, make sure it's a speed session, not a speed endurance session. Yeah. Yeah, not repeat speed session.
0: (laughs) What kind of... um, Would there be any stuff that you would say you've really changed your opinion on within training or any mistakes that you've made in your career that you've corrected now? Ooh. Because, you know, my list of uh, mistakes is, is a long one.
1: Yeah, I mean... Last year... I think... Been been tough with the boys. Yeah, um, I think guys can handle a lot more than they let on. Okay. So
0: so almost being in a way too conservative.
1: Yeah, I think the first season it definitely like it probably been a bit too nice and Warren, you know, being a bit too friendly with the boys. You've got you got to be friendly with them but still have that, that respect. And I think this year we've been a lot more pushy. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm I'm pushing a lot harder on yeah. the runs. So we're doing doing a few more minutes. We're running more. Um, in terms of, I'm a lot more efficient with my, my weight training this year. Yeah. Um,
0: is that kind of trimming the fat with well, less well, exercise? For example,
1: last year I was going off a, um, I guess intensity. So if I said let's do five reps, I say squat seven, seven RM, squat seven RM. In your, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. but what I don't know, as you probably found out, is that a guy's seven RM for the bench press is a lot different to their squat. Hell yeah! yeah. So guys will max out on bench, they go to squat. And they're doing 15RM. Yeah. So everything now is tested. Everything is calculated percentage-wise. So in season, I'm doing Dan Baker's um, Wave Light Strength Program. Okay. I found it on the internet. Six four two five three one. No, it's three by eight first set. Um, first week, and it just waves down, and then after the three weeks, the wave goes again. Okay. So all the boys walk in and they see their weights. So you just know what to do. I have to do it. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's no more guesswork now. So. Right
0: well, mate, let's uh let's wrap it up. Where yeah. so can people find, find you online?
1: Listen, I'm about to do a new website. I used to have an old one. Didn't really like where I was going with it, so I just kind of knocked it on its head. Yeah. I did that <laughs> hey? I did that. Yeah, I had stuff on there and I was like, I don't like this, so I kind of Pull the plug on it. Yeah. Um, just find me at Graham Morris Strength and Conditioning Coach on Facebook. Great uh, page, hey.
0: Great page. I still, still quite a lot of exercises for you on that page.
1: <laughs> so yeah, and I'll, I'll set up a website very soon, and then obviously I'll try and get that going. So you can you can find me there. If you have any questions, that'd be awesome.
0: Thanks very much, mate. Cheers. Thanks, brother.